0: Here's the best Stay Tune Sports Podcast. And hello there, all you Stay Tuners, and welcome back to another episode of Stay Tune Sports. True good friend Jimbo here with our weekly bitch fest of baseball being retarded as far as coming back. But, um, some, yeah, so some baseball news this this week, again. But it looks like there's finally a silver lining to it. Um, Some UFC talk, some controversy this past weekend. Uh, Talking about Dallas Cowboys news. But before all that, head over to Twitter. Follow us there at ST Sports Podcast. As well, uh, like and share our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. Um, So we got all the socials out of the way. So let's just just get right into it. So like I just said, um, Dallas Cowboy news... Uh earlier, I think it was like Monday, Dak Prescott finally signed his franchise tag. He's gonna get thirty one million dollars this year, which you know, can't he can't live off of that. You know, he couldn't live off of thirty four million. You know, he's gotta gotta get a second job now. Dumbass. But um So yeah, this this is an interesting thing now because they have till july fifteenth, which is roughly about three and a half weeks for him and the Cowboys to come to a long-term deal otherwise they cannot sign a long-term extension until after the season which if the Cowboys were to use the franchise tag on him again he would be looking at a 20% pay increase above the $31 million and the the funny part about this is the timing, because Jamal Adams, the safety from the New York Jets, has the Cowboys listed as one of the teams he wants to be traded to. Now, he's definitely uh, you know one of the top safeties in the league, and he's looking for an extension. So he's going to be asking for a lot of money. Now, the Cowboys already had probably just enough cap space to sign uh, Dak Prescott. With this franchise tag, it should roughly leave the Cowboys with about $12 million in cap space. Now Adams did come out and say, or maybe it was one of his sources came out and said that he would be willing to table the extension talk until they signed Prescott to a, a longer extension, which would help out the cap space. But there's a, like I said, there's a lot of factors to go into this because with the pandemic hitting us, not knowing if fans are going to be in stadiums, because it just came out earlier that uh, the NFL came to an agreement that they're going to cover up the first seven to eight rows of each stadium to sell um, advertisement spots. So they're already cutting out you know a couple thousand fans from there to help pay any type of loss um, in case there's no fans now this is gonna hurt the salary cap next year at best I see the salary cap staying where it's at worst it goes down it drops back down which then is gonna screw a lot of teams Especially Cowboys now with only having $11 million In cap space You know let, let's just say it, it drops down Even if it only drops down $5 million. They have six to carry over You still gotta sign draft picks You still got other free agents You, you gotta sign And as far as the Prescott long-term extension I mean I don't see him signing a contract that he'll make a million dollars next year and then backload the contract because he already wanted a five-year deal with roughly 45 million dollars in that last um that last year and I, I believe the annual salary he wanted was close to 39 40 million. So, if you want the 45 at the end of the year or at the end of the the contract, you're looking at 35, 36 million every year. It's it's going to be interesting to see how this goes down because really the Cowboys are in a tougher position than Prescott is. And one source talking about the pressure on the Cowboys said. Their problem is the second year because this salary cap is going to crash unless there's an um, intermediate deal. They would have to gut their team to keep him then so there's even more incentive for the Cowboys to do a long-term deal with Dak because of the coronavirus and where their cap might be next year. Now let's not forget, you just signed Amari Cooper to a, a, a four or five year deal. You have Zeke Elliott, you have Dak, you have you have a lot of big names on your team and you're throwing around money like there's nothing going on. Now, will Dak, let's just say he hits free agency, say the Cowboys can't afford him and he does hit free agency. Is there a team out there that could give him the $35, 36000000 million that he would, you know, at least take for a year or two? I I, I don't know. You know, because again, even if the, the salary cap goes down or doesn't even go up as much as teams were hoping, it's not going to go up significant enough for teams to be able to sign him. Now, maybe if you're like, say, like the Raiders who normally have 40 or $50 million in cap space every year. Maybe they'll be able to afford him if Carr isn't their quarterback next year. But I, I really think, though, there, there's going to be no fans this year. I think you're going to see more and more of NFL trying to cover up the seats to use as advertisement uh, spots. They may, hey, maybe I could get a stay-tuned sports spot. Even if it's like a little foot by three foot that costs 200 bucks i'd be okay with it but as an eagles fan i'm hoping that they overpay for prescott and just completely put themselves behind the eight ball because let's face it it's the cowboys and i also like i said i don't see this jamal adams coming to the cowboys now because there's not enough space and speaking of jamal adams For all you Eagles fans that keep on saying, let's trade Zach Ertz and a first-round pick for Jamal Adams. Stop. Don't. No. Zach Ertz, like I said last week when I talked about um, players of the decade for uh, the Eagles, Zach Ertz is Carson Wentz's guy. It's his safety blanket. And on top of that, you're going to give basically three first round picks because Zach Ertz is a top three tight end in this this league if not the best I mean maybe I'm biased you know it's between him and Kelsey <clears throat> I still think George Kittle is number three but you're, you're basically giving three first round picks for Jamal Adams he's good don't get me wrong he would help upgrade Position that Malcolm Jenkins left, but he's not worth three first-round draft picks. I think we're I think we're honestly going to be okay with Jalen Mills. He's playing back there. He's not going to be playing bump and run where a double move could kill him. And I, I think you're going to see it work out. I mean, again, you know, me bringing up Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm Jenkins was a cornerback coming out of college. Until the Saints put him back there as a safety. And look how well he turned out. So let's give Jalen Mills a a little bit of a chance here. I mean, we only signed him to a a one-year deal. Not overpaying him. So I I think it's going to work out too. Plus, the safety that we just drafted, Wallace. He could be... Malcolm Jenkins' replacement eventually. So we don't want to overpay for a name. because That's basically what a lot of fans want us to do. So with the football season getting closer though, college football season usually starts a week or two before the NFL and I don't think there's going to be a season at all. I think there's going to be an NFL season. I believe that. I just don't think college. Over the weekend, came out, Clemson had 28 players and staff members test positive for COVID-19. And now, uh, Tuesday, yesterday, 30 LSU players tested positive for COVID. Now, granted, none of the players... Shown signs of significant symptoms But You got the two major schools The two schools that were in the, the championship uh, Game last year Have A big number of kids Test positive Now on top of those two schools You also had Kansas State um, Suspend all football workouts for 14 days Because they had 14 kids That also tested positive And You know I saw Houston Had a few kids Test positive If The If they Don't have College classes They most likely Will not even Have the Football programs Going Now here with us on the live feed I got RCS Glenn commenting wasn't it a previous stated that athletes are more likely to be asymptomatic due to physically fit there was like a lot of that stuff coming out I, a couple weeks ago I do remember even um, was it Ohio State or I think it was Ohio State having the the kids sign waiver things But now, like, the articles that I was reading on ESPN, I didn't see nothing to say about asymptomatic, though. So, I mean, if if that's the case, you know, it'll be probably a different outcome. But just the fact, though, that a lot of these kids are testing positive, it takes one one person that's not asymptomatic to spread it even worse. So that's why I'm thinking there's not going to be a college season. but over the past few months when this pandemic was going on, you know, I'm gonna use LSU for an example because um, the football program, a lot of these football programs do help keep these colleges, uh, college programs afloat. They had LSU broke broken down. As an example, their baseball um, program actually loses money. As well as some of the other sports programs, but their football program obviously being so big, brings in so much money, it profits. Now you get a school, say like Houston or um, say like Marshall, for example, they're not making that money back. Which is sad, but you can't put the kids in, in harm's way here. So, I, I, like I said, I don't think there's going to be a college season. I know some of the schools were starting to come back with the um, voluntary workouts. We're About a month away from normal um, games coming back. You know, some of the smaller schools. I know I haven't really seen anything about Notre Dame doing voluntary workouts if they're coming back. So it's going to definitely be an interesting um, next few weeks as far as the college football season. Now this past week, uh, actually last weekend, UFC had an event on Saturday. And some controversy was inside the octagon, a fighter who took a fight on five days notice his name was uh, Max Roscoff. And if I butchered his name, I'm sorry. But took the uh, took the fight on five days notice. And in between the second and the third round, you could hear him saying to call the match. He, you know, he, he didn't want to come back out and fight. I didn't see the fights. I, I thought they were on a little bit later, but it turns out they were on earlier. But from reading about it, he was basically getting his butt kicked. Uh, first round was... You know, 10 9 round, but the second round he was losing 10 8. Could tell he was fatig- uh, fatigued from the, the weight cut and everything like that. Nine times he said to call it to his coach, and the coach kept on pushing. Now you get back out there, get back out there. Until finally, a Nevada State Athletic Commission um, person heard this and kind of intervened, brought the referee over as well as the uh, ringside doctor and that's when they called it. Now this is not the first time this has happened um, in UFC just uh, a couple about a month ago when Anthony Smith and Teixeira fought Anthony Smith just got butchered by Teixeira and not one time did Anthony Smith's corner even think about throwing in the towel the corner is supposed to have your best interest as a fighter. And when you have a fighter that says, I'm done, you got to call it because that's how you end up having someone killed in a r- inside the ring. Now the athletic commission is going to be looking into this to see if there should be any type of suspension or disciplinary action. I think there should be, even if this is the first time that this coach uh, is involved in an incident like this. I mean the guy at the guy said nine times. If it was once or twice, you know, call it during the, the fight, okay, maybe you know he just need a little little motivation, but he kept begging him to to call it. And his corner wouldn't, his his, his coach wouldn't. And but the funny part is, I mean, obviously, I guess the coach is not going to backpedal because he he made a a statement about it. He said, I stand by what I did. I expect excellence from the people I trained because I love them. He wasn't seriously hurt, and I felt he needed a mental push. I would expect the same from my coach. He was mentally done. He was mentally hurt. So what are you talking about, you know, he wasn't hurt? You're lucky that he didn't go back out there and get killed. I hope like after this incident, maybe they could put some type of protocol in there where maybe the ringside doctor, you know, sees a guy fatigued or whatever, maybe come in and take a look at uh, at the guy. Doesn't make the decision, but talk to the fighter. Because you don't want to see fights ending because of a doctor stoppage because he thinks the fighter's done. But when you have a guy saying nine times, I'm done, live to fight another day, like the old adage goes. Some fighters can push through it. Um, Listen to Dana White talk about the Cursed Blade... uh, blades fight he gassed out in a third in a five round fight and he was able to push through some people aren't built that way and Dan Hooker, uh, Dan Hooker who's fighting this weekend made the statement you know putting the guy down well Hooker did the same thing in his uh, fight his one of his previous fights yeah he got off the bench and got back in a, into the, the round but he ended up collapsing over because he was so exhausted and tired. That's how you get yourself killed or hurt. So, like I said, Hooker is is fighting Dustin Poirier this weekend. I never really liked Dan Hooker, like his personality. I guess you want to say I know it's you know him selling the fights and stuff like that, but definitely gonna go for Poirier. This one, I, I think, is an early morning fight because I saw uh, Ariel Halani tell Paige Van Zandt that she's fighting at 6 a.m. Well, I'll be sleeping. I'll watch the, the replay of it after it airs. So, baseball also looks like it is finally coming back. The owner sent a proposal over. Uh, over the weekend a 60 game proposal players shot down like you know like it's been going on so now the commissioner and the league have implemented a 60 game season hoping to have it start around July 24th the last obstacle that um was needed is the players to sign off on a safety and protocol and how many are actually going to show up July 1st um for a spring training. Now, the one thing I was curious about when I was reading about what you know, who gets what, this is kind of like the high, the, the bigger topics I think um, that the players are gonna get or the owners are gonna get. Players would receive the full pro rate share of the salaries, which at this point is about 37% of their full season salary. Post-seasons, uh will still remain at 10 teams and players would not receive forgiveness on the $170 million salary advance they received as part of the March agreement and would not get money from the postseason which the past few proposals they've been asking for this whole thing is just a fiasco on both sides I know I've been on the player's side this whole time. But listening to uh, Golik and Wingo yesterday when I was going to work, they made some good points. You ain't gaining any fans. Because now you're going up against hockey, you're going up against NBA, and you're going up against football. This may drop you down to the number four major sport You had a chance. Now, the average age that go to Major League Baseball games is roughly about 54 years old. You had a chance to be the first sport back, even before UFC. When people were clamoring for some type of semblance of normal normalcy. You had a chance to bring younger fans in to the game to watch the game and now you're not going to get any young fans you got NBA which a lot of young fans are, are watching hockey as well football as well you may even lose some of your older fans because you guys bickered back and forth to the point where 60 games is not going to show anything yeah there'll still be a champion just like the rest of the leagues, probably be an asterisk next to it. 60 games as one third of your, of your season, and you know what? Baltimore Orioles have a good chance. You look at what they did last year; they started out 12 and one. You get a good jump start on your season. You can make the playoffs. Then you'll get trounced in the playoffs but all over what what it really felt like to me was like a he said she said argument do I think the owners should pay 100% of their salary yes they made that agreement back in March agreement's an agreement do I think lately the owners have been trying to lowball them so that there wouldn't be a season or get to the point to turn the fans on the players. Yeah, I think they were trying to do that too. And the other thing about this situation too is this is going to be a two-year argument. This ain't over. You got the CBA up next year in 2021. And we're going to be right back where we're at. Arguing over well Money. Basically it comes down to revenue. Do the players deserve more revenue? Well, when you're making two three hundred million dollars over a a contract, maybe they gotta figure out a way that those guys make a fair for even the, the smaller guys for revenue, postseason revenue. Like I said, Major League Baseball just signed a new TV deal with Turner Broadcast Network for the postseason $1 billion you're telling me you can't bump up the, the revenue a little bit a percentage of that so in the end we still get baseball back I don't know how good it's going to be I and you know the, the one rule um, a guy at work told me he saw and I don't know if this is true or not this is actually kind of funny if it is if any player or coach decides to come out and argue balls and strikes, they most likely will be suspended for X amount of games. I totally understand why, but you know, think about um, Earl Weaver and, and um, Tommy Lasorda back in the day. I wonder if they would be able to control their temper. So, before we go I want to talk a little bit about this whole Bubba Wallace incident that happened this past weekend <clears throat> so Saturday it broke that one of Bubba Wallace's uh, team members found a rope fashioned like a noose Sunday they didn't race because of the weather so they postponed it till Monday and NASCAR contacted FBI. Brought them in. Now before I get to that part of it... Um... Monday, all the NASCAR drivers... Walked up to Wallace's car. Wallace hopped in. They pushed his car to the front of the line. You know, just a a show of... Backing for Bubba Wallace being the only black NASCAR driver. And he's helping push in this whole getting rid of the Confederate flag and NASCAR. and So there's that backstory, if you want to call it that. Comes out last night that the FBI finds no evidence of a hate crime towards Bubba Wallace. The rope was fashioned like a noose, but was used on the garage door to pull down, closed. And Has been in that garage since Last fall October And they actually posted pictures of it uh, Last year Showing it from last year No one knew Bubba Wallace was going to have this Number 4 garage Here's the thing Okay yes It was there since last year Was there overreaction? Possibly my problem is why didn't anybody speak up to NASCAR before the FBI got involved to say, hey, no, you know what? I, I did see that in the garage since last year or the team that had that garage stall. Why didn't they speak up and say, hey, yeah, you know what? That was there last year. And with NASCAR and, and these, these raceways, I'm pretty sure they're making enough money that they could install electric Garage doors. Why do we need rope to still pull them shut? All you need is an up and down button. I mean, the company I work for is probably a couple thousand dollars. That's it. You guys are making millions of dollars. Now, do I think Bubba Wallace knew that it was not a, a, a noose towards him, but he thought maybe, oh, maybe I could help push this, push my agenda a little bit? I don't I don't think so I, I pray not I pray I pray he didn't use it as as that because to me if he did his whole stance and credibility I think would take a shot you know he made the um, the statement that you know this, this, the, the sport is changing and yeah, you you saw that with, with them back and you know, before the FBI came out about this um, this incident, I just think this was an overreaction because of everything going on. And you know, I even brought it up to a couple guys at work that, you know, don't you think someone spoke up about it? And a lot of them said, you know, they the, maybe the, the team members or the other members of, of NASCAR. I had that feeling, well, you know, if I if I brought it up, then, oh, you're calling him a liar. Oh, you're part of the problem. Oh, you're racist. I just honestly think this was an overreaction on all parties. I don't think they had to get the FBI involved as quickly. I, sh- I think they should have did their own investigation. And then, if they felt like there was something going on, then bring the FBI in. I know this is weird and tough times right now with everything going on in the world and but the last thing we need going on is overreactions because that's when you get the that, that's when you get people hurt so I'm still thinking Bubba Wallace didn't know about this I'm hoping so maybe I'm being naive maybe I'm not but I, I pray because if if it does come out that he knew about it, but use this as a publicity stunt, NASCAR also will, will would take a, a hit. So he's not only taking himself down, he's taking NASCAR down. So I think that's gonna be it for this week. Um, like I said, a UFC event this uh, this Saturday. Maybe I'll throw another quick show to. Uh, Give picks or something like that, but head over to Twitter, follow us there at St Sports Podcast. Also, visit our website, StayTunedSports.net. Got all, all the past episodes there as well as merchandise. Like and share our Facebook page, and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and give the thumbs up underneath all the videos. So, till next week, this is your good friend Jimbo. Signing out.